Looking at Danny's hair, does it kind of remind you of Chumley? <laughs> Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> so Welcome back to another episode of Impulsive Thoughts, and Donnie's looking at Drake's third leg. (laughs) And I'm joined here with, uh, you know, only some of my favorite co-hosts. Ellie is absent tonight. Uh, It's been a long day for her, especially going back to work and after getting over the flu and everything like that. So we'll excuse her. (laughs) <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> I so, know the truth is she's just trying to avoid me even longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she had a week off from Danny. She didn't want to. It's been more than a week since I've seen her. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it has. It's probably been a month or longer. Oh, yeah, because last week. She wasn't here when I did my thing. I wasn't here either. Yeah, you were No, here. Danny wasn't here when you did your. Yeah, I was in Puerto Rico for a week. Last week, I wasn't here. The week oh. before that, I wasn't here. Yeah, last week was her episode. The week before was your episode. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. It's been about a month. Yeah. Holy shit. But yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dan. That's me. Actually, I'm joined here with Dan. <laughs> Hi there, everybody. And I'm joined here with Donnie Rowe. Hello. I've taken time off to take... Uh, I took voice classes uh, to train for my professional job as a podcaster. I'm quitting Roscoe. Breaking news. <laughs> oh, my family's about to hit the poorhouse. Lupe's <laughs> getting promoted to district manager. God, no. <laughs> Too much responsibility for my ass. It's bad enough. I have to take care of one heavy ass route. I'm not taking care of five others. Four others. Glorified babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Five grown men that I got to treat like toddlers. <laughs> You don't treat me like a toddler. No, no. I I, tr- I try to treat you guys all with respect. Sometimes, sometimes, and you're gonna make a joke, but sometimes the asshole in me comes out. And I'm like, fucking kidding me? What is this shit? But I try to. Yeah, me and Dan has been, have been at each other's. Throats. Yeah, but I try to be. I have to be a professional, and I. And that's the good thing about it being a family company is you know we can get away with some shit, uh-huh. but I need to be respectful and not sometimes say the things i want to say <laughs> yeah i guess i guess i kind of say the same thing when i blow up on danny yeah like yeah. fuck you you fucking lazy piece of shit or whatever the fuck i say <laughs> i don't think you've ever gone that hard you've gone close not, clo- not that far though <laughs> no i think i've said do your fucking job i think Some, that's yeah. the worst i've said yeah. <laughs> you don't do fucking anything anyway that maybe was it something like that <laughs> yeah yeah that was that's the tough thing when uh friends work together yeah, yeah that is it's tough it is tough well, me and you've had that talk when we when you first got hired like yeah we have to keep we have to keep yeah we have to keep it separate and personal mm-hmm. and yeah that was what about three four or five months ago where it leaked together and we weren't yeah. talking yeah. <laughs> at work or off work yeah <laughs> for a good week and a half <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> saddest time of my life <laughs> don was like 
is Dan ever going to come back to the pod? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Allie was like, woo! Yeah. <laughs> then I came back and she was sad. And all of a sudden she had migraines again. She, she hadn't had them for a while. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> anyway. I believe you have an episode for us. I do. I do. So... Before I get into my episode... Actually, before you get into anything, when you had told me you weren't telling us mm-hmm. after I told you what I was going to do, uh-huh. first thing that popped in my head was the, uh, the what was it, Black Dahlia murders? Ooh, I'm not doing that one. Oh, okay. I was wrong then. So I did change, like I said, I gave you a hint of what yeah. the one I've been working on for a while is. And I'll give the hint now that everyone, and I don't care who guesses, I'll keep a stone face. I'm not going to say yes or no. I believe this guy's top five, ten of serial killer true crime story podcast world. I don't know if I've heard a lot about him, but people know him. You hear his name, you know him. But in doing my research, I don't know if I'd classify him as a serial killer because I don't know if he has more than one kill to his name. And I'm leaving it like that. Richard Richard Kuklinski. I don't even know who that is. The Iceman. Oh, and I gave more away by saying him, where before I just told you it's a serial killer. Now I I narrowed it down to Mm. at least a person. But... That's all I'm saying. But because, like I, I had told Lupe this morning at work, I don't feel my research is in the right order, and I want to do it more justice than I did um, Eliza Lamb. I wanted to have it flow right, so I switched it up, and I wrote a new one tonight. And I'm proud of this one because, um, I don't know if all of you know this, February 3rd is National Missing Persons Day. So I'm going that route. I'm talking about missing people. And... Um, Ooh. So I have a lot of stats of missing people, and then I have, um, like, it's it's a website I found that's the top 10 most famous missing people cases, but I call bullshit on this website, and this is where I told you I want to give Allie some props. They don't mention Bryce Les Pisa at all in, in their top 10. Oh, interesting. So um, thinkers out there, if you have not listened to Allie's two-part episode on that, um, August 7th of 23 and August 14th of 23, episodes 65 and 66, do yourself a favor and listen to it. It's fucking riveting and it makes you pull your hair out and it's yeah, just amazing. That, that one really kept us on yes. our toes. Jesse was at everyone. We had, I think we had a lot of interaction Matter from fact, people on I Facebook. Think, I think even a few weeks after when you had one of your, your poker nights, mm-hmm. me, Carissa, Ellie, yes. <laughs> and Jesse talked about yes. that episode. And, and uh, uh, Logan's girlfriend. Yeah, Mar- Marisol. Marisol, yeah. yeah. So guys, Sorry, Marisol. Uh, yeah. I keep forgetting your name for some reason. <laughs> Do yourselves a favor, and, and, and if you have not listened to those two yet, like I said, I'll give major props to, to um, Allie. We all... We're like, we want the second episode now. Yeah, we had seriously. to wait a week for it. So, <laughs> uh, so that, that to me, again, maybe recency bias, maybe podcast bias. Biased is, is I think that's one of the top cases that is unsolved too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but before I get into my case, I wanted to give a follow up. I haven't, I haven't been on here in a while. After I, I broke down crying about Logan going away and maybe going away, um, Logan has officially signed his papers. He is, um, going, he's in the army. He's not in yet, but he's signed his papers. He's officially joined the army. He will be shipping to, um, boot camp April 22nd. Now the importance of that is originally they said they wanted him to leave. Like it was like March 3rd or 4th, like real quick. Mm-hmm. But he said, 
I need to find a different ship date. My sister turns 21 April 18th. I want to be home to hang out with my sister and party with her. So that being said, April turn April 18th, Rain will turn 21. We're having a little party. You've been invited. You guys have been invited. It's, it's a Thursday night, which is it sucks for everyone that works on a Friday. But it's kind of an unofficial going away slash 21st birthday for Rain. And then that weekend, we're supposed to be in Nashville all weekend. Kind of like a last hurrah. Here, Rain's 21 and Logan's going away. So um, anyone in podcast world, if you know my son, if you know me, if you want to say goodbye to him before he goes to the Army, April 18th, uh, Dave and Buster's in Orland, Orland Park. So, Or even throw some shout-outs on Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, yeah. So he he's, he's decided on his career is going to be combat medic. So he'll leave, like I said, April 22nd. Boot camp is in Fort Sill in Oklahoma. Okay. So I think boot camps or basics 12 or 10 weeks long. So there will be a graduation 10 weeks after that. Um, 12-hour drive, I found out. We're on the go there. From there, he goes to his, what are they, I forgot what, they, what the actual term they use, but his job training. And I believe for a combat medic, it's 22 weeks, maybe. Um, and that will be in... I believe San Antonio, Texas, and then guess where he gets to go for four years. Yeah, I, I know you know, know already. Yeah. This guy, poor, poor Logan, <laughs> sounds very sarcastic. Has to go to Hawaii for four years. Oh, darn. <laughs> At least that's what they say now. I know anything can change, mm-hmm. but um, and and said so I I I make jokes of it to keep myself from, you know, breaking down again. Like oh my god, my boy's joining because me and you have talked and I've said it's. You know, he's he's a grown man. He's 22 years old. He's not my little boy at home anymore. <laughs> and he has his own job, his girlfriend. He, he doesn't live with me, you know. he. But it's different from knowing he's a phone call away and a 35, 40-minute drive away than a, fl- a flight and he's in the Army and this and that. And then last weekend watching the news for the first time in forever, and the first thing I see is, oh, the U.S. bombs Syria. I'm like, oh, this is fucking great. <laughs> oh. He signs up for well, the yeah, Army, see, and now I we're bombing people. The, I don't, I don't either. News, so. And the first time I do... Fucking, we're bombing Syria. I'm like, this is great. This is just what I need to know. So he did say, which I'm proud of him. He wants to, because, you know, you can't just say I'm going to do it. You got to apply for it. And if your scores are good enough, he wants to try to go into Special Forces, which is the Green Berets for the Army. Oh, shit. So, I mean, good for him if he wants to. But that's scared. Like, I'm proud of that. But also, if he gets into that, scared shitless because. That's front line. Those are, yeah. Those are like, um, you know, the Marines, the. um. Navy SEALs and all those are the first ones in and the ones that do the yeah. secret co-ops where if they die, you don't know they die because they don't tell you about it because they're on a mission nobody's supposed to know about. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck. That's but crazy. let's get to boot camp first and through his training first yeah. go from there. But anyways, that's my update on the log so, man. It's official. Everyone everyone knows. He, you know, so. Looking at Danny's hair, does it kind of remind you of Chumley? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, motherfucker. <laughs> So speaking of my hair, that's all I've been concentrating on the last. Contemplating? You say contemplating? I said concentrating. Oh, concentrating. So that that was going to tell you earlier too. So can I take a picture and send it to Jamie and say that (laughs) she will make? She threatens to cut my hair in my sleep. So uh, that's the thing. So going to Puerto Rico, there was only two things I wanted to do. Two things I wanted to go to one of the bioluminescent bays. Of course, the week we're there is a full moon, and they close them down for three days because you need it to be darker, and you can't see all the bioluminescence when it's yeah. brighter out. So then do that. The second thing I wanted to do was get my hair braided. Jamie's like, oh. she goes, if you get your hair braided, will you cut your hair when you get home? 
I said, no, but she, like, for some reason thought I was going to anyways. <laughs> the place we were staying at in San Juan had a hair braider on premises, and the Friday they had a special, um, 1 to 4 o'clock, come in, and hair braiding. It was, like, discounted, blah, blah, blah. I go there at, like, 3 o'clock. I walk over there. I said, hey, I'm here to see. I forgot what their name was. And the girls, it was at, the, like, the spa area. And they're like, oh, she's not here. I'm like, but it says hair braiding from 1 to 4. Oh, you need to call her and set an appointment, and she could be here between 1 and 4. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So the only two things I want to do in Puerto Rico, I didn't get to do. That's why I have to go back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you have to go that's back why, again. I, I, I think there's more of me in Puerto Rico than, I mean, I, I shed skin everywhere there. I'm feeling so <laughs> ew, bad. <laughs> ew, ew, ew. <laughs> there's a whole danny size like, skin. Oh, there is. No, it's snake skin. Yeah, there's. Yeah, there's shedded. I mean, I'm still, if you still look, I'm still peeling a little bit on my arms. My feet are still peeling. Like, I'm, it's been two weeks now. Yeah. And I'm still peeling. <laughs> but you said what, uh, April 18th? April 18th is, okay. yeah. Yes, yes, sir. Um, rain's 21st mm-hmm. and Logan's going away. Pate. Okay. So, I, I guess to get, get back. Out of my head. Huh? I can't get it out of my head. Listen. What, him shedding? No, Chumley. Oh. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> oh my god, what the hell? Yeah, with this fucking. <laughs> with, with this fucking hair looking like that because of the headphones or whatever on there. Right, 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 because of the headphones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> but you know what? Actually, he like he kind of reminds me of Chum Lee after Chum Lee lost the weight. So you're saying I'm skinny? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It's good to be back, guys. So now that I went kind of in reverse, gave Allie her shout out first, then talked about Logan. Um, National Missing Persons Day. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, this need- was, he was already fat. He was fat. You need, <laughs> you need to make a template and put the picture side by side. <laughs> so National Missing Persons Day <laughs> is observed on February 3rd every year. So this idea for this episode, when I, I first heard um, Crime Junkies announced it. So shout out to Crime Junkies. Really, really amazing podcast. And I, I had this. To one episode. Oh, I had I had this idea to do this episode like this. Literally, my idea is what they did already, which I, I can't say my idea because they did it. But they went a different route. Um, do yourself a favor, listen to Crime Junkies. <laughs> they they went over, I believe. So you guys are kind of young, but yeah. the early '90s, I believe, it was '93. Soul Asylum released. <laughs> Sorry. Released a song called "Runaway Train," uh-huh. and in that video, they um. They put up like pictures of missing children. I believe it was 36 missing children were were featured in that video. Um, since 93, I believe it was 93, 21 have been found. Um, I believe seven or eight have been confirmed died, but found but dead, not alive anymore. And I think I think whatever it was, maybe my numbers are wrong and I apologize, but there was like six still remaining. So Crime Junkies reviewed six uh, of these cases. And there's not a lot of information on them, so um, it, it, was, it was they. You know, I don't. You said you don't listen to crime junkies, but they do a deep dive like Morbid does. Yeah. So they did as much research <clears throat> as they could. So again, listen to that. Any any help to bring missing people home? Like I said, when I when I go over these stats, so um, there are here 
there's, oh, let's see, one, two, three, four. There's five possible reasons an individual may go missing. This is on the official website. Um, kidnapping, which is classified as a, classified, is that right? Yeah. A child abduction, uh, ransom, human trafficking, or political targets. Uh, a forced disappearance, which could be due to corrupt governmental agents or criminal activity. Missing in action uh, during military service or in countries undergoing insurrections or civil unrest. A voluntary disappearance, so a juvenile runaway, runaway people yeah. avoiding debt, avoiding law enforcement or criminal elements involved somehow. Wait, we can avoid debt. <laughs> yeah. I wish. And then the last one they reference is involuntary disappearance. Um, dementia or other age-related in incapacity, mental disability, or an accident while alone and away from home. It just made it wiggle. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the five. Uh, and it says, now, by far the most common reason a person is reported missing is kidnapping, particularly of children under the age of six. Uh, according to the Child Find of America, um, up to 2,300 children... 2,300 children are reported missing every day in the U.S. Fuck, I was going to say a year. Right. It's a month, a week, but no, 2,300 children every day in the U.S. Jesus Christ. Yes, it's crazy. So in the vast majority of these cases, the kidnapper is a parent, but not the child's legal guardian, and abducts the child from their legal guardian, such as an estranged spouse or from a foster home. In such cases, the child is frequently recovered safely, you know, but it's still reported as a missing child, you know? Yeah. Um, I did find an in interesting uh, thing about missing persons by state. So this is cool. Uh, not cool, but I mean, like, interesting numbers. <laughs> so <laughs> according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons, which you've probably heard referred to as NamUs a bunch of times. If you listen to the podcast, if you're a true crime person, you've heard NamUs, and that stands for National Missing and Unidentified Persons. Um, the database, which is which is funded by the U.S. Department of Justice, more than six hundred thousand people go missing annually. Six hundred thousand. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Um, approximately <clears throat> four thousand four hundred unidentified bodies are recovered every year. Unidentified. Um, nationwide, there are roughly six point five missing persons for every hundred thousand people. That's through the whole nation. Holy shit. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's still going on, but I know the last few years there's been like a lot of uh, missing women in Chicago. Yeah. So I get to that in a little bit, not to the whole Chicago thing, but this is interesting. So it says, uh, luckily, the vast majority of missing person cases are quickly resolved. For example, in 2021, there was 521,705 missing person cases were reported more than 485,000 of which were resolved within the year. So, I mean, it's not perfect, but that's a lot resolved. Um, the number of missing person cases has steadily declined since 1997, when nearly a million people were reported missing. Holy fuck. In 97, yes. Um, in how, how are we still around? <laughs> right, what exactly. The fuck? Which is crazy. When you hear other people talk about... Man, back in the 80s, this is what I did, and I'm still here. I survived. You know, I Seriously. went. I would tell my mom I'm leaving at 5 a.m., and I'd come back at, you know, hey, come back for dinner, you know, and yeah, so that's what kind of leads in this. As in the past few decades, communication has made it easier to keep in touch with and track people, yeah. uh, allowing missing person reports to fall by over 40%, which, like I said, we're down to like 600,000 from a million, which, because, yeah, think about it. Everyone has a cell phone now, and mm -hmm. 
and maybe it's not 100% accurate, but like if someone's keeping you, tracking your, your, where you're at, maybe you dropped your phone here, but at least know your last location, which is better than, well, I saw him three days ago. I don't know where he's at now, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, in terms of numbers, so in, in absolute terms, so like <clears throat> just number, number, not percentage or anything, California has the largest number of missing people at 3,010. Um, however, California's rate of missing persons is roughly average at 7.61 for every 100,000 people. Now, could you guess the highest rate of missing people by far? If you had to guess. Like the number? Uh, no, the rate, the highest rate. Hmm. I know, I'll give you a minute to think about it. I'll give you a clue. Just what I said about California, even though they have the highest like amount but it's only 7.61 for every missing for every 100,000 people because of their population. So if you think about that way, who has the highest rate, do you think? And five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. Just say a state. Oh, you, oh, you just want a state. I'm thinking like Texas. Okay. Highest rate of missing people. Mm-hmm. See, I'd go, I'd lean towards... New York or Illinois. And that's where you'd be wrong. The highest rate... It's like some bum... Yeah, right? Like South Dakota or some shit. Close. The highest rate of missing persons by far is the sparsely populated Alaska. Fuck! You know what? And and the funny thing is, is I I almost said Alaska. And you know what? You think about it. Everybody says, oh, Texas is the biggest state in the United States. No, actually, it's Alaska. And But also, Texas is very populated. Yeah. So, Alaska, this is the number, 163.76 missing people per 100,000. California was at 7.6. This is 163. It's probably because of Alaska gets, like, so many tourists, and it's, mm-hmm. like, all wilderness out there, and no one knows where well, the fuck they're going. And I'll reference, you guys still, do you guys, I need to, I don't know if I can do it justice, but Israel Keys, I told you about him. He started in Alaska. That's where he finally got found out is because this girl that he murdered and had hidden in his ice chest and took pictures of her then made it think like she was alive but she was really dead and he painted makeup on her and her eyes all oh he did shit. the weekend at bernie's oh man and that was that he was found because of that in alaska but he was all he's he's creepy do your mm-hmm. oh. anyways so um now tiny tiny rhode island has the smallest number of missing persons in absolute terms the amount of people at only 29 in the whole state um, I think how I, many people there are in the whole Yeah. You and said I, Rhode Island? Yeah, and I believe yeah, these I numbers almost are like Connecticut. So um, other states with less than 100 missing people, South Dakota, 30, North Dakota, 32, Delaware, 45, New Hampshire, 48, Wyoming, 51, Vermont, 61, District of Columbia, 62. I don't know why D.C. is considered its own state. I don't know, weird. And then Nebraska at 84. So, um, so can you guys guess? Okay, here's another one. Go the other other direction. So Alaska has the highest. Which state do you think has the lowest rate of missing persons? Washington State. Okay. Your guess? Ooh. You still have time to change your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the ones you rattled off. Did you say Oklahoma in any of them? I did not say Oklahoma in any say of them. say Oklahoma. Okay. Oklahoma. Yeah, I'll leave it at Washington State, but I'm, I'm thinking of some a different state too. The answer is Massachusetts. Okay, at, yeah, at I wasn't only thinking of Mass. 
2.32 missing per 100,000 people. Wow. It's because no one wants to put up with their accent. Well, plus, <laughs> you got to figure how densely populated Boston is, you know? So, you, like I said, New York has millions of people. Mm-hmm. So, it takes a lot more missing people. So, this is the stat I should have read before the other one. But then it says um, Rhode Island, Wisconsin, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Maryland, Minnesota, South Dakota, Ohio, Virginia, and New Hampshire all have missing person rates under 3.5 per 100,000. Wow. And you know what? My second state that I was thinking of was Maine. And I, and I that totally blew my mind because, again, I know population in Chicago is huge, but all the people we hear of missing, I'm like, how are they one of the lowest at three point, less than 3.5? Right. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just, that blew my mind. So those are just some numbers I put together to, you know, kind of talk about national missing persons day um it's it's very like I said it's it's february 3rd i know we're past it already but i mean there's never a bad time to talk about missing people and like i said i mean we're a small podcast other podcasts do way more but again i cannot give enough props to ali's bryce less visa story because if if just the right person hears something and sees this guy it's just or any of these people that i'm going to go over like just yeah for sure it's crazy so that being said, in honor of my missing persons people, I, I had a website that has um, the 10, what's it called, 10 unsolved missing person cases. So, um, and again, Bryce wasn't on this list anywhere. And then another website I went to was, it was, was listed like the 10 most popular missing people, and he wasn't on it at all. I'm like, how's this guy not on two lists when everyone I know about knows that story? Yeah, so, that's crazy. I this, mean, I didn't know about it until she did her story. Re- oh, oh, really? Really? Did Crime Junkies do an episode on that? They well, did, and Morbid did. Yeah, Everyone I know Morbid does. did. And I know um, Necronomapod did, I think, too. Hmm. I gotta swallow that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's all bourbon. It's not even old-fashioned in there at all. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one I'm going to talk about, Carly Goosey. It's G U S. E and then with the apostrophe over the E, so um, the chica. yeah. <laughs> so it's goosey. There you go. Probably, maybe, with the little chica. So uh, this says a more recent unsolved missing person case is that of Car- Carly Goosey. The night before she disappeared, she was seen at a party with friends in a neighborhood not far from her home in Chafant Valley, California. She called her stepmom in a panic, saying she needed to be picked up from the party. Melissa Gousset picked Carly up from the party and later stated that she seemed disorientated and exhibited paranoid behavior. Once home, it took hours to get Carly calmed down enough to sleep. When Melissa woke up the next morning, October 13, 2018, Carly was asleep in her bed. This is what bothers me. It doesn't say what time she woke up and saw her in her bed. Uh-huh. Because in the very next sentences. But when she checked on her a second time around 7 a.m., she was nowhere to be found. So, depending on what time she saw her the first time, I don't know what window we're working with there. Um, law enforcement canvassed the neighborhood and turned up two witnesses who said they saw Carly walking towards Highway 6 with a piece of paper in her hand. All of Carly's belongings, including her cell phone, were found at home. Carly had been experiencing problems prior to disappearing. Her father and stepmother acknowledged Carly's history of experimenting with drugs and attending alternative education in order to improve her grades. Despite these factors, there appeared to be nothing that would have prompted Carly to leave the house that morning. 
Investigators, both in law enforcement and independent firms, continue to search for Carly, while her father, stepmother, biological mother, and the rest of her family wait anxiously for Carly to come home. Um, so that's again, these are all going to be little snippets because otherwise, if I did research on all these cases, it would be a ten-part series, you know. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I I haven't figured out exactly how. Uh, I think maybe I might try to post a picture of each each person I talk about on Facebook, and then I know you usually do the, the you know, yeah. the, so that way, because I, I don't want to just be a, a podcast, hey, you know, listen to us talk about nothing, please, you know, look at these people, if do do yourself a favor, and, I mean, I, do what, your due diligence, yeah, <laughs> due diligence, due diligence, oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> you know what the fuck I'm trying to right. tell you, <laughs> just, yeah, if, if you know, because, I, I mean, I don't know what the chances are, but someone like sees them like, wait a minute, I know that person. That's that's Joe's mom. I see her in the PTA all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. some kind of weird shit. Like, you know, who knows? Um, Joe's mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, what the fuck is Joe? Stacey's and when the mom, fuck did we get ice cream? It's Stacy's mom. <laughs> she's got it going on. Uh, <laughs> the next is Teresa Butler. I thought it was Jesse's girl. <laughs> That's Carissa. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Teresa Butler's husband came home on January 25th, 2006, to find his wife gone, their two young children unsupervised. At the time, the family was living in Risco, Missouri. There were no signs of a struggle nor forced entry, but there were a series of valuable items missing from the home, such as a gaming console, a camcorder, stereo, and Teresa's cell phone and purse. Her car was still in the driveway, and her wedding bands were also at the residence. Investigators were stymied by this mixed bag of a scene. Was it a crime scene, or had Teresa simply left of her own accord? And if so, for what reason? More whirlwind revelations came when investigators realized that Teresa's cell phone made two calls after she had vanished. Both calls were to unfamiliar numbers in two different Missouri towns. The owners of those numbers both claimed that they had no idea who Teresa was and did not speak to her. Thirteen years later, there are still no answers in her disappearance. So it's more like 17 years later, because if she said one in 06, so this article was written in 2019. Um, I did do a little bit of research to see if these some of these cases were solved yet. They weren't, so they're still unsolved. So, you know, it's even though it's a little bit old information, it's not <laughs> right all the way wrong. Um then we have Lorene Ron. In 1980, Lorene Ron was living with her mother in an apartment in Manchester, New Hampshire. She was last seen on April 26, 1980, at that part at that apartment in the company of two friends. When her mother returned home that evening, she had to grope for the door because all the light bulbs in the hallway had been unscrewed. When she entered the apartment, she checked Lorene's room, Lorene's room, and she appeared to be asleep in her bed. The next morning, she realized the body she'd seen asleep in the bed was actually one of Lorene's friends, and that friend was clueless as to Lorene's whereabouts. Authorities treated Lorene's case as a runaway, but details that emerged in October of that year cast a different light on the case. Her mother, Judith, noticed three calls to a California number on her phone bill that she knew she did not make. One was to a sexual assistant call line for teenagers, helmed by a doctor's wife who took in runaways. Could Lorene Lorene be with her? The second number was to a motel run by a child pornographer by the pseudonym Dr. Z. But unfortunately, authorities were unable to connect the 14-year-old's disappearance to either of these persons of interest. To this day, what became of Lorene Ron has still been a mystery. 
dun, dun, dun. So she was 14 in 1980. So 20, 44 years later, she would be 58. Um, so, I mean, chime in if you guys want to. At all. And these are just stories I'm reading because, again, I, I don't know. I just fell with, with it being, you know, National Missing Persons Day that I wanted to go over some missing cases. Yeah. <clears throat> um, this one is interesting. Laureen Sp- Spire, Spirier, S-P-I-E-R-E-R, S-P-I-E-R-E-R, yes, Spirer, Spirer, um, an unresolved or an unsolved missing person case that continues to haunt the true crime world is that of Lauren Spirer. The Lauren Spirer case is one of the most mysterious missing person cases. Many Hoosiers are familiar with the cautionary tale of Lauren Spire at Indiana University and and sorry, an Indiana University student who disappeared on June 3rd, 2011 after a night out partying with friends in Bloomington, Indiana. After her leave after leaving her apartment around 2:30 in the morning, she walked around the corner and was never seen again. It wasn't until her boyfriend Jesse Wolf realized that Lauren had been separated from her phone that something was wrong. When he sent her a text message two hours later, one of the employees at Kilroy's bar responded. <laughs> I'm laughing because there's a Kilroy's in Lansing. People don't know that. <laughs> um, Wolf reported Lauren missing. Witnesses who had seen Lauren that night reported that she was highly intoxicated, which might explain why she left both her cell phone and shoes behind at Kilroy's. Her observed level of inebriation has led to speculation that Lauren might have been drugged while at the bar, possibly with a drug like GHB, also known as a date rate drug. Her family has remained suspicious of the men she was reportedly hanging out with that night, claiming that they knew something about their daughter's disappearance. That being said, investigators also spoke to friends of Lauren's who informed them that she was known to use drugs when she partied as well as alcohol. As of January 28, 2016, when an FBI and other investigating bodies searched a property in Martinsville for signs of Lauren with no success, Lauren still remains missing. So... That's another interesting one. Bloomington, you know, uh, not far from here. No. I think I went there for a tech show. Really? Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah, that's right. Is that the one where they threw the monster and I caught it? Yes, it was. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. It was hot as shit. It was fucking hot as hell. And they threw a monster and I went to try to catch it, but I'm too short. <laughs> so it went over, he- went over my head and Donnie caught it and he drank like three quarters of it and he then he gave me like a quarter of it. <laughs> Dick. <laughs> was it cold? <laughs> I don't remember. Just, it was just wet. That's all that mattered because you were hot, right? Yeah. I think it was cold because they kept them in coolers. Nice. What kind of monster? The green monster? The regular? Green. Regular. Boring. <laughs> I don't even think they had any of the, like, the monsters that they have oh, now. no. Dang, it was that long ago, huh? Yeah. The OG monsters. Yeah. <laughs> The 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 OG story of Kyle. <laughs> Should I? <laughs> I used to drink uh, the BFC monsters. Big fucking can. Yep. <laughs> it was sixty four ounces Jesus, of monsters. Oh my god! That was when I had to work a double at the fucking restaurant. How did you not have a heart attack? I have no idea. Heart racing. Jesus <laughs> Christ! That that probably is about, that can't be legal. <laughs> <laughs> I was slinging food real quick. Man. All right. So. <laughs> Lupe looking like he did a line, but really he just drinks. Right, he just drinks sixty four <laughs> ounces of Monster. I think that's why my tolerance for caffeine is so fucking high. It's stupid. I know mine's high. Like that's, I, I, to this day, I'll stick to the story. 
I never liked to drink coffee. I didn't want to ever have coffee breath. So 21 years old, working for Jay's Potato Chips, my job, I started at 5 a.m. doing, you know, doing what we do now, but with chips. And since I didn't like drinking coffee, I drank Mountain Dew. So I drink three, four, five, 20 ounces of Mountain Dew a day. And so, you know, the sugar and the caffeine and that, and then getting married, having kids, and being yeah. less active. That's where my, that's where my, that's where my uh, descent into fatness started. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, my next story is Cynthia Anderson. These have all been girls so far, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, the disappearance of Cynthia Anderson is regarded as stranger than fiction. She vanished on August 4th, 1981, from the law office where she worked as a secretary. Oh, you know what? I have seen the whole story about this before, and this this little synopsis doesn't do a great job of it. This is a very interesting story. But anyways, um, her personal belongings were missing, but her vehicle remained parked in the lot. While investigating her disappearance, authorities discovered an open romance novel. In an eerie coincidence, Cynthia had stopped reading during a scene in which the main character is abducted. Police were already investigating Cynthia's disappearance with the possibility of foul play, but this gave them pause. Could she have faked her own abduction to disappear and start over? There were anonymous tips months after her disappearance that she was being held captive in the basement of a remote residence, but authorities were unable to corroborate this statement. The wildest theory about her whereabouts came when a lawyer from her firm was arrested for drug trafficking. There was speculation that Cynthia might have known too much about some illegal dealings going through the law firm and met a violent end as a consequence. But that's all it is. A theory. So yeah, there that one, I'm sure a full episode could be done about it. Very, very interesting, that one. Looks like he was starting to fall asleep. No, I'm listening to this. <laughs> now, this next lady, um, I believe... Crime Junkies did two episodes this week. The second one, like I said, was all the um, the runaway train kids uh-huh. or people. I'm pretty sure earlier in the week they did one on this lady. This is a, a fucking weird ass story, um, and it's and I've just seen updates recently about it that it's still it's still unsolved. Uh, Maura Murray, Mara Murray, Maura Murray, M A U R A, Maura Murray. So. An unsolved missing person case can get so big it invites a great deal of media attention. Maura Murray is perhaps one of the most famous mysterious missing person cases in recent history. The University of Massachusetts Amherst student disappeared on February 9, 2004. In the days leading up to her disappearance, Maura told university staff and her professors that she'd be taking a week's hiatus from school to handle a family emergency. Around 7.30 that night, a car crash on Route 112 was reported to 911. When first responders arrived, the driver, Mora, was nowhere to be found. During the investigation, law enforcement turned up a witness who had passed Mora following the crash. When asked if she needed help, she said no, that she had called roadside assistance. In a window of less than 15 minutes, something happened to Mora Murray. What's most puzzling about Moore's disappearance is that her story about a family emergency could not be corroborated by her family. So the question remains, why was Mora taking a week off from her education? What could have been so important? Mora Murray's disappearance is regarded as the first missing person case of the social media age, having disappeared the week that Facebook launched. Her story has spawned many true crime specials, documentaries, and a highly popular podcast called Missing Maura Murray. So, 
again, Crime Junkies just did an episode on this. They are touting a brand new, actually, a brand new podcast started, I think, this week. Maura Murray's sister um, is doing, like, a nine-episode, ten-episode, like, special. Uh-huh. Um, releasing <clears throat> stuff that has not been ever released about the case. And there's some fucking weird shit going on at the police department there about the 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 um chief that was on duty technically wasn't on duty that day but um he said something like oh yeah the missing female when they wasn't reported there was a female yet and oh, and he sure. got uh he had a DUI later that night so all just weird stuff so i don't have the name of that podcast right now but um again crime junkies just this week is promoting it like crazy and and that's something i actually want to i'm going to i want to start listening to because the story's intriguing <laughs> Uh, next up, I have Asha Degree. Uh, Asha Degree was just nine years old when she left her house on the morning she disappeared. Valentine's Day 2000, so we're right around the 24-year anniversary of that. Fuck, 24 years. Jesus. Um, inexplicably, she had packed her school backpack and left the house in the early morning hours, after which she was seen walking along North Carolina Highway 18, just over... Just a little over a mile for her home. First of all, why the fuck is no one stopping a little kid walking alone on a fucking highway? There's assholes. I'm sorry. If you saw a little girl walking, I don't know. That's weird to me. I don't know what I would do, actually. I'd probably, I, you yeah. know what? Yeah. That, that, it's very touchy because... Right. like it, it, it would it, also be weird if you just stopped next to some... Right. Right. Like, like Child <laughs> walking alone. Yeah, you got free candy kid. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, that or... Um, are you injured? Are you hurt? No, I'm good, and then shoot you in the face or some shit. Right. Well, I wish I would have read the next sentence before I went that far. Also, <laughs> 2000 wasn't just 10 years ago? Nope. Oh, man. Cool, 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 cool. Um, when approached by passing motorists who noticed her, <laughs> <laughs> Asha reportedly ran into a wooded area just off the highway. Oh, I thought okay. he was going to say he ran into a wall or some <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> at first, it appeared to investigators that Asha had run away from home. After interviewing family members, that they learned that the child had been had been reading a fantasy series about children who have spectacular adventures while the adults are asleep. While it's unclear whether or not Asha intended to return home, early search efforts for her proved fruitless. Belongings of hers, including a pencil, marker, and a Mickey Mouse hair bow, were found near a shed behind a business that sat parallel to the highway. That's creepy to me. Uh, about 18 months later, Asha's book bag also turned up at a construction site, curiously double-bagged, leading investigators to think someone other than Asha had left it there. In October 2018, investigators were appealing to the public for information regarding two pieces of evidence, a children's book that was borrowed from the Falston Middle School Library in 2000 and a New Kids on the Block shirt. Asha degree remains missing to this day. So if she was nine in 2000... Plus 24, she's 33. Yep. Yes. So, yeah. Your age, John. How old did you say? 33. Oh, no. Well, you're younger, yeah. Oh, you're 34. So. You owe dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Feel like it all the time. I know you do. Um, so I only got three more left to go. I'm sorry if you guys are bored, but I feel this is important <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, Annette Sagers. I'm I've heard that name. If this is the one I think it is, the picture they show for it is not the picture that I'm used to seeing with this. Um, eight-year-old Annette Sagers went missing on her way to school 
in October of 1988. Less than a year earlier, her mother, Corrine Lynn Sagers Malinowski, had gone missing. There was little evidence to to paint a picture for investigators, except that her car was found parked in front of their home. When Karina's daughter went missing as well, which means Annette, they searched the bus stop where she should have been picked up for school. Investigators found a cryptic note that placed her mother's disappearance in a whole new context. It said, Dad, Mama came back. Give the boys a hug. That just gave me the chills. Holy shit. Yeah, seriously. Authorities weren't sure what to make of the note at first, as they suspected someone may have forced Annette to write. After careful examination, handwriting experts did determine that Annette likely wrote the note. This looks like Karina could have disappeared of her own accord a year prior and had returned to reclaim her daughter before vanishing again. But what could not be explained was what Karina was that Karina had left behind two boys when she disappeared in 1987. Despite anonymous tips that claimed burial locations for Annette's remains, the mystery of the missing mother and daughter remains unsolved. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super crazy. Uh, Tara Calico. So the case of Tara Calico con- continues to haunt the true crime world with both investigators and armchair detectives alike speculate to the circumstances surrounding this bizarre case and its sensational clues. So like Annette Sagers, Tara Calico disappeared in 1988 after leaving her home in Bellin, New Mexico to being a bike ride or in Bellin, New Mexico on, to take a bike ride along Highway 47. Tara was never seen again. In the search for Tara, pieces of her Walkman were found along Highway 47. The bike was never recovered. Leads in the case dried up and it went cold until a year later when a disturbing piece of evidence emerged that has become famous throughout the internet. In Port St. Joe, Florida, a woman reported that she had found a Polaroid outside in the parking lot of a local convenience store. This is the one I know. The Polaroid pictured a boy and a young woman, both bound and gagged, propped up against a pillow in what appears to be the cargo area of a panel van. The witness told authorities that a white van had previously been parked in that spot, driven by a white man with a mustache. There is still speculation to this day about whether or not the woman in the photo is actually Tara Calico. The book lying next to the woman in the photo is V.C. Andrews' My Sweet Audrina, which was allegedly one of Tara's favorite books. While no official case for Tara's disappear, no, sorry, while no official cause for Tara's disappearance has ever been established, the sheriff of Valencia County offered this theory. He claimed that boys who knew Tara were involved in some kind of accident along Highway 47, involving Tara's bicycle and the boys' truck. However, without a body, law enforcement were unable to make a case. So that one, again, they show this picture of her on this website, but the picture I'm used to is the one of, yeah, the lady tied up in the cargo van with the boy. Like, And I think to this day, they still have never figured out who the boy is or the lady is. Jeez. They say it looks like Tara Calico, but I think if I read in a different article that people that know her say it's not her, so it's fucking weird, man. And then the last one I'm going to reference, Diane Augat, A-U-G-A-T. I have heard that name, too. <laughs> says, one of the oldest unsolved missing person cases is that of Diane Augett. I don't know how it's one of the oldest when this says in 1998, because the other ones were 1980. <laughs> Anyways, in 1998, 30-year-old Diane Augett of Odessa, Florida, walked out of her home and vanished without a trace. About 10 years prior to her disappearance, Diane received a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. 
A mental illness that causes massive mood swings between periods of intense emotional euphoria or highs and deep depression and lows. We know that. Her case was so severe that it led to losing custody of her children and her husband divorcing her in 1991. She self-medicated with drugs and alcohol. On April 10, 1998, Diane left her home and was never seen again. What followed was a series of strange events that amount to the, po- to the plot of a Hollywood movie. So just three days after she vanished, her answering machine received a chilling message. Help. Help. Let me out. Followed by, hey, give me that. It sounded as though there was a struggle over the phone in the background. The caller ID said Starlight, but when Diane's mother called back, there was no answer. Two days after that, the severed tip of Diane's right middle finger was found. Mm. Two weeks later, in perhaps one of the most bizarre events in any missing person case, a bag of her clothing was found in the freezer of a local convenience store. Despite the, despite the details reflecting that of a Hollywood blockbuster thriller, there has never been any satisfying resolution to their case. So, again, those were just quick snippets of um, some cases. Um, so, I, I mean, it's just... <laughs> I think out of all out of all of them, that last one was kind of bizarre. Yeah, yeah. it's that, insane. It makes me think of uh, I don't remember if I said this before, but I watched on Netflix. Did you guys see that American Nightmare? Yes, documentary. I yes, that was a weird one too. So, speaking of of um, missing story, maybe these are all just in America, but the one there's that uh, the disappearance of uh, Madeline. McCann, McCann, that's I, I I haven't watched that documentary on Netflix yet, but I've heard an uh, I've heard I think a podcast about her. That's fucking weird. First of all, fuck those parents. Sorry, I don't know the whole story, but they're on vacation wherever they're at in a ground level hotel or whatever. Yeah, they go out to dinner at ten o'clock at night, which whatever in a different in Europe or wherever they're at. That's when dinner is. Oh, I remember that one. They leave the three-year-old or four-year-old girl and twin boys who are younger than her. She's the oldest while they walk three blocks away to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. How, I'm, I, I don't know. So, again, I don't I don't know the whole facts of the story, so I don't want to get myself too pissed off. And I and I, I haven't watched the Netflix special yet because, like I said, kid shit, kid shit bothers me. Like... The John Benet Ramsey shit bothers me. I can't. I can't hear about Ooh. kids dying and shit like that. This stuff bothers me. And I, and little kid missing and never been found. And then supposedly, where this little girl McCann went missing from, there's a known pedophile that lived like across the street. Yeah. Um, I believe the police detective in charge ended up, like years later, being charged with pedophilia also. So all kinds of weird shit with that case. It's fucked up. Um. I was gonna say, Lupe, if you get a chance, I'd say watch it. It's like a three-part mm-hmm. documentary, the American Nightmare mm-hmm. one. Yeah, it's about um, a guy and a guy and his girlfriend were attacked in the middle of the night in their home, mm-hmm. and she ends up getting kidnapped. Yeah, and he becomes the main suspect. Yes, and then she gets released. Like oh, three days later. Don't ruin it for him. I mean, it's the first episode. <laughs> I would say so. It's so it's. Uh, fuck is that movie called? Uh, yes, the Ben Affleck movie. Yeah, they, they the cops actually. The newspaper article is actually called yeah. "Real Life." Um, real Life okay. Gone Girl. Yeah, Real yes. Life Gone Girl. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's it's a fucking interesting Netflix series. Hmm, I'm gonna have to watch. That. Oh man, you're gonna 
fuck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I'll get it at least so we can binge that. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one, mate. So, um, yeah, that's, that's again, I, I it was a lot of reading. Uh, it's not our typical episode, but I, I wanted to, again, I've said it, I think, 32 times now. I wanted to just put some, shine some light on some missing person cases, you know. Right. Again, you can doesn't hurt. I look at those, whenever I see those posters, I always look at them for the small chance it might be someone yeah, I recognize. Yeah, you never know. Right? I mean, that's, that's <laughs> the crazy thing about it. Because whether the people are, have been kidnapped and, you know, like the one girl that was, you know, gone for 18 years and didn't realize she was kidnapped, you know, you, you never know. Yeah. Oh. So that's, that's, that's my stories. <laughs> <laughs> and he's sticking to it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was good. I liked that. Kind of like a, like a missing four one one that that I've I've listened to definitely uh, yeah. different podcasts and stuff like that. So you know what's interesting though I did I did come across this a few times. What is the longest unsolved missing person case? So I'm like, oh, what is it? Let me see what that is. Forty years. Close. So close. I was gonna say thirty. Uh, so it. So it's it, over forty. Forty three. <laughs> uh, oh, forty seven. So it is. Why the fuck? It didn't take me to the right place. So a retired sheriff, Clark, disappeared en route to visit his daughter by stagecoach <laughs> during the Halloween weekend. Shit. His disappearance <laughs> has a distinction of being the oldest active missing person case in the United States. And it doesn't tell me when. <laughs> the fuck? I was going to say. Uh... I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> huh. Oldest missing person case. Uh, okay. Yeah, 1852. Jeez. Disappo- dis- well, that's not close to 40 years. Oh, no, he was born in, he was born in 1852. <laughs> he disappeared October 30th, 1926 was an American man who disappeared under mysterious circumstances while en route to visit his daughter in Portland, Oregon during the Halloween weekend, 1926. Clark's case has the distinction of being the oldest active missing person case in the United States. Thanks for making me feel good, but that's still not close to 40. No, it's not. (laughs) Marvin Clark's his name, though. Yeah, the oldest active missing person case in the United States. It's crazy. And then, I don't know, just some random weird shit like, you guys know Amelia Earhart still technically is missing. Yeah, mm-hmm. but so. they found, quote-unquote, her plane. Yeah, yeah. Sure they did. <laughs> I mean, the only way they'll find out is go down and, and recover it. Yeah. Um, But, I oh, mean, how, how deep is it? Because, you know. And did you hear me talking to Teddy G this morning? Uh-uh. Another most famous missing person ever, probably, Jimmy Hoffa. Oh, you told me that when we were walking back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's actually another guy that just came out not too long ago saying, oh, they'll never find his body, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said something about, something about they put Jimmy Hoffman yes, the in fuck one we of those will. car crushers. Oh, shit. Yes, that's what Teddy just told me this morning. He said that, he said, you know what they used to do to get rid of bodies back then was they'd put them in 
the bumper creators. They created bumpers because the heat and everything, nothing ever came out of it. So I'm like, so you're saying Hoffa could be in someone's bumper if some car's probably rusted away? He goes, could be. So, and I, the one. He's in everybody's car. Right, right. <laughs> I heard a random, like. We're all little Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> when I was reading the, uh, yesterday and doing research yesterday and the day before, I read somewhere that one of the stories was um, a, a crime syndicate boss from the New Jersey area uh. claimed that, oh, they. They'll never find his body. They, I guess at the time, they were constructing the giant stadium in Jersey. It said he's buried underneath the giant stadium in Jersey. Um, and then also supposedly the same guy, or maybe a different guy, but on his deathbed said, yeah, I did kill him. He's, I chopped him into a bunch of pieces and just scattered him everywhere. So there's two other stories. You know, so. Yeah, I heard. The, the one on his deathbed, that's the one. Um, in County, right? No, well, that's the one that uh, Robert De Niro plays in that movie. The Irishman, the Irishman. right? Teddy told me don't watch the movie. He said it's a waste. He goes, it's not any good. <laughs> I, enjoyed <it. laughs> I enjoyed it. Did you? I mean, if it's a good movie, whether the story's true or not, I don't know. I was yeah, like, that's how I am. Like, well, I the, the only like real like not great thing about it for me was all these actors are old as shit, but they use CGI to make them look. Oh, uh, nice. He said a real good one is the, the actual movie called Hoffa. He said that's a good one. He said it's pretty accurate, but. Yeah. Uh, I think I've seen that one, too. So, um, yeah. That was an awesome story. <laughs> I mean, you know, collection. Collection. Of- collection of stories. Yeah, that's the one where Jack Nicholson plays uh, Jimmy Hoffa. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I think what he told me. Does he get attacked by bees? By bees? Who'd you say he played? Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Oh, no, it wasn't Jack Nicholson. was it Jack Nicholson? Attacked by bees. What was the movie where he was attacked by bees? The kid? Yeah. Was Macaulay Culkin. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, no, no. I'm thinking of Nicolas Cage. Oh. Never mind. What movie did he get attacked by bees? I don't know. Did you just make a movie up? <laughs> right. No, no, I didn't. Is Hold that on. the one where beavers bit his leg off? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is one of the uh, um, saddest movie parts, though. Yeah, what's that, uh, what's that movie called? What the fuck? Oh, yeah, McCall. Um, not Stand By Me. It's, uh... uh Wicker Man. Wicker Man? I yeah. I ain't never seen that one. Where he wears a, yeah, he wears a, uh, a basket of bees on his head. Oh. What the fuck? Yeah. The one I was thinking of is My Girl. Yes, oh, yeah. My Girl, yes. He can't see without his glasses. Yeah. Ah, it's a tough Gets part. me every time. Ooh. Tough part. He needs his glasses. You know, have have you ever seen uh Ah it was where where they the it's the boy and a girl, like he's they're very poor, but they walk across in like the field and they make believe all the time and it's kind of a kid's movie and, and the the kid's name is Oliver Aaron Oliver Jesse or something, but it's my brother's name but in like a oh. different weird order. And uh God, like the girl, the bully at school is the ogre in his in his make believe land, and all this shit. That's another sad one too, towards the end. So, Shrek? No, Shrek. <laughs> is it? Uh, Get out of my swamp. Bridge to Terabithia. Yes, Bridge to Terabithia. Oh, Terabithia. okay. Yes, I've never seen that. I've heard of it, it's but I've never one. seen it. It's a good I one. I did man. see Encanto the for the first. It's time. amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it was all right. Just don't talk about Bruno. That's what I sent him too, because he sent me a Snapchat of it. I was like, "Don't talk about Bruno." Grandma <laughs> pissed me off. Never Man, seen, seriously. never seen the movie. You haven't seen it either. Nope. Uh, you don't have kids either, so yeah. 
Oh, but I usually thought, you watch Disney I shit, thought, though. Yeah. I thought you have. The one you saw is the guitar one. <sighs> Coco. Oh. I haven't seen We don't talk about Coco We don't talk about Coco. I haven't seen that one either. No. Coco. Coco. You know what, Donnie? The, the grandma, you want to you wanna ugly cry? Watch Coco. Oh, every time. I don't care if I've seen it 32 times. <laughs> See, movies don't really get me like that except for, uh, what's its name? The do- Dog's Purpose. Oof. <laughs> oh, a dog's Life, A Dog's Purpose. Yep. Mm. Glad, uh, glad Lupe and Nikki were out of town for that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Encanto, grandma's a fuck. Well, yes. <laughs> Tell you what. I have to watch it. Like, I, I mean, I don't have Disney Plus Not anymore, for punching but... old people, but right. she'd get it. She... <laughs> She is the family trauma. <laughs> I'm not for punching old people, but she can get it. <laughs> well, going on a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> anything, they shouldn't talk about grandma. Bruno's right. cool. Yeah, Bruno's cool. Bruno is Jeff DeLazer. <laughs> I, were you in that text I said? Nope. I've done that? Oh, I will show you. <laughs> I also didn't know uh, John Leguizamo voiced a character in that. Yeah. Mom, Mambo Mouth. <laughs> if you know, you know. He was either... Who was he? Was he Bruno? Yes. I'm pretty sure he was Bruno. Yeah, that's his voice for Bruno. It's like yeah, uh, if, if you grew up on him, you know who Mambo Mouth is. It's like um yeah, cuz the the voice of uh Mar- Mar- what was the main character Maribel? Yeah. The voice of her dad was Wilmer Valderrama. Yep. Yep. I like Wilmer. Yeah. Boom, boom. It makes me think of that one movie. I've never hit a child before, but <laughs> Was it role models? Yes. No, was yeah. It? yeah. The Adventures of Boob Man. <laughs> I think that's when they're having the uh, Michael Jordan LeBron debate. Yes. <laughs> Fuck LeBron. <laughs> well, gentlemen. What are what? Are, yeah, what a good good episode. That was that was pretty good. I like that. Glad, I'm um, glad. I you know what I've always been into like the whole missing missing cases like like especially like uh uh some some people people more well, not not just kids but like uh people in general going missing in in our national parks and stuff like that. Yes. Well, and that's you know what I didn't touch on earlier, the whole Alaska one. Um it's if you read enough about it, if you know enough about missing people, a high percentage of missing persons is indigenous people so again alaska has a lot of eskimo and and then it's so spread out you know and again the way i read the five different ways of missing people it doesn't always have to be kidnapping and murders maybe they fell in the ocean or, or you know in an iceberg somewhere in alaska who knows but right fell in missing, an iceberg <laughs> i don't know <laughs> <laughs> fucking sasquatch or yeah. abom- abominable abom- abom- snowman, snowman yeah, out yeah, there something who knows but but then you know it's been it's again other podcasts have touched on it where the the lesser the, what what people consider lesser people don't get investigated as much like so like prostitutes and indigenous well, people that, and homeless people are never say, investigated. That's, what, that's why even here, um, natives don't get. Mm-hmm. That's what indigenous people is. I know, <laughs> but you were talking about Alaska. There's, yes, indigenous people everywhere. I know. <laughs> So, Alrighty. with that being said, <laughs> all right, good episode. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. I'll be back in another month when I go to Puerto Rico again. <laughs> <laughs>
Plot twist. Don's going to go to Puerto Rico. Or Don. Dan is going to go to Puerto Rico every other month. Yes. That would be <laughs> fucking amazing. And that my skin will be never ending, peeling and burning. If you're going to keep your hair like that, can you go as Chumley for Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going as Fat Roman Reigns or Fat Seth Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> Luke trying to think of something again. Yeah, no. <laughs> nope. You can find us on all your major podcast platforms. Instagram at impulsive thoughts underscore pod. Facebook impulsive thoughts. Twitter, Don doesn't want to mention Thumb it, but it's tree. on our link tree. <laughs> <laughs> Which you can find on on our Instagram. Yep. Snapchatter. Yeah, I haven't really did much on YouTuber. YouTube, Same with YouTube. Snapchat, I, I haven't done anything. TikToker. Yeah, not Snapchat. I keep wanting to say TikTok, uh, not Snapchat. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok, yeah. TikTok, TikTok. I haven't <laughs> really touched a, the TikTok. Da, 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 da. Da. Ta, 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 da, Junior. Da, TikTok. Da, TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. But yeah. Uh, joined here with some of my favorite co-hosts. Mr. Donnie Rowe, to my right. See ya. <laughs> and Dano to the left with a really good episode. Simon, gracias, Danado. Hashtag missing 411. Adios. Vaya con Dios. <laughs> I'm getting back in my Puerto Rican roots now. Oh, <laughs> Even though I'm not Puerto Rican at all. Here we go. I got Puerto Rican her. <laughs> you ever seen that one? Oh, my God. That is the one of the funniest TikToks Jamie's ever seen me. It's this lady. Wait, hold on. Funniest ever TikToks Jamie has ever seen me. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I think he just had a stroke. I think this fucking old fashioned is too strong for me. <laughs> the funniest ever, funniest ever TikToks that Jamie's ever seen me. Danny might need to spend the night. I don't know if he can drive home. So. I know we already did the buys, but real quick, are you guys going to watch that documentary for Yolanda? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I have to. I feel like it's it's an obligation. <laughs> Just so you can curse at her the yes. whole time? Yes. I don't know. She's up, I, for, she's up for parole in the next like, right, couple of years, Right, that's why I think right? why it got released, that's, right? Yeah, that's why they're doing it, I think. Yeah. But it's funny because I keep seeing these TikToks. It's just the one scene of, I don't know if it's like the trailer for the documentary, but it's like basically her saying... Um, I got to tell my side of the story mm-hmm. and then it'll cut to people doing different, like this one, it <laughs> cut to this one lady. She just went, Oh hell no. And started taking her earrings. Off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Like this story might be, might be a good story. You know, it might, it might side on the, the Selena side. I don't know. <laughs> Doubtful. Yeah, I I mean, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, we did our sign up. Peace. Um, don't believe everything you think. Thanks, <laughs> Don. <laughs> yeah, thinkers out there. <laughs> thinkers, we need some feedback on Facebook. Like we haven't heard from many. Not even I mean, Jesse, yeah. Right? Jesse Maybe? said you don't Kinda. Jesse Lupe just said you don't count. Say we haven't heard from anybody. Yeah, we have the same three, four, Jesse, Marisol, Carissa. Yeah, and then the random Brittany. Yeah. And Eric. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Osborne lately has been, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Eric. Osmarley. Also, one other thing. Sorry, Jesse, but... 
the video of him fucking falling is one of Ooh. the funniest things I've seen. So, so when I first initially watched it, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then I watched it like three or four more times and I'm like, hey, fuck. What's funny is I, I have a tendency when I see something on Facebook, I'll read everyone's comments too. And what made me okay to laugh at it more was all of Jesse responding to people when he's like, yep, I had to laugh at myself. But he's like, when you watch it a second time and he's like, Oh, and the noise he makes and someone yeah. someone commented like someone commented like you, you see him like pop up and like test walk and he's like oh uh, uh, uh. like yeah you know you're over 30 when uh oh, but he, he went to the er for that or the yeah he, heard he, yeah he oh. and so what's well, i don't know if you've talked to him since then but he said uh, in the next week or two, he's supposed to go to Arizona, I believe, for something Harley related. Mm-hmm. And then the week after, somewhere else that must be warm because he's supposed to test ride the 2024s. So if his fucking tailbone is bruised, he can't fucking ride a bike with that still, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, fuck, I need to get better so I can ride these new Harleys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we, we already signed everything out, so... Uh... <laughs> All right, guys, we will catch you next week where uh, I cover a pretty big episode myself. I'm excited for this one with the, the little few hints you've given me. Yeah. I'm excited for the extras you're going to bring in, too, to see here, their side. Yeah, I've been fucking doing all kinds of research for the last, like, three, four weeks. Yeah, this is, this is going to be a good one. So It's a good one, man. Yes. Yes, I'm excited. So, yes. but all right, guys, Um, that being said, I'm... After I said that already, I think the third time. Yeah. Don't believe everything you think again. <laughs> that too. <laughs> you know, Instagrams, platforms, and Spotify's, and Donnie's link tree. Podbean. And- Donnie's spicy links. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. <laughs> we out this bitch, and don't believe everything you think, and uh, I'm your favorite host of the most. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Peace.